0: I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a wonderful week. I hope you had a meaningful and inspiring, uplifting poem So this week we have the famous episode of Cheta Egal. In short, Klai was waiting for Mayesh Benu to return from accepting, from receiving the Luchas. And after time had passed, they became impatient they worried that maybe there was no God, chas They wondered where Moshe Benu went. And they went and created, they made a golden calf, and they worshipped it, and they bowed down to it. And after Moshe Benu came down from Shammai with the Luchas, ready to give the nation which he thought would be longing for him, waiting for him, excitedly, instead he found a nation that had abandoned their God, had abandoned their Creator, the one who performed the most unbelievable miracles from Mitzrayim, the Midbar, the mon that Miriam, Chris Yamsuf, had reached their all-time low, the lowest level ever. We find Hashem had to make a specific commandment, and Hashem told Moshe, Go down from the mountain that you're on, that you're standing on, because your nation has become corrupt, the nation that I took out, of Eretz Mitzrayim. And subsequently, Moshe Ben went, he went down, he descended the mountain, and he saw the Jews, shocked, angered, and completely astonished, he took the Luchas, and he smashed them. The Mepharshim asked, what's going on over here? What was, what was the waiting? What was Moshe Ben waiting for? Why did he need a commandment, go down, lech red, go down and see what's going on? And only then he saw what's going on, and then he smashed the Luchas. Fractum the Mepharshim Moshe Rabbeinu should have smashed the the second upon hearing the terrible, awful news that Kala Yisal had abandoned their king. So what was it that Moshe Rabbeinu was waiting for? What did he have to see? So the Sefer Bar Yitzchak brought down from the Sefer Mishchashemen tells us as follows that as long as Moshe Rabbeinu was still on the mountain, as long as Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't an eyewitness of the events that were taking place, Moshe Rabenu still had hope, even for the nation, even for the people that had abandoned their God. Hashem just told him that they did the Chet Egel. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabenu believed that there was a ray of hope, that there was light in the darkness, and that even though they performed such a terrible meisah of Chet Egel, that there was still room to bring them back. There was still room to reconnect. And what happened was Moshe Rabenu went down. And Rashi tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu saw something. It was only once Moshe Rabbeinu saw this thing, then he smashed the Luchas. And what was that? Rashi tells us, based on the Chazal, he saw the Kaisal killed Khur. They killed Khur for not listening to them. And it was upon witnessing this, then he smashed the Luchas. And he explains the reasoning. The P'sha'an on this is as follows. As long as Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain, he knew that there was a possibility to bring them back. Why? Because he suspected that perhaps it was only on the first set of the luchas, the luchas which represented the mitzvahs of B'en Adam Lamakim, between man and God, that Kla Yisrael had severed. That through their terrible actions, they've erased themselves from this category of mitzvahs. But there were still another five commandments that were bin Adam Lachavirai, man between his friend, komaycha, etc. And Moshe Benu thought, he was hoping, that they still had a Shaykh, they still all connected to those mitzvahs. Only once Moshe Benu went down, when he descended the mountain, and he actually saw, he actually saw what was going on amongst Chalaisal, between man and his friend, that they killed Chur for not listening to them. He saw that they also had severed their connection to the five commandments that pertained to Ben Adam Lechaveri, to man and his friend. And once he saw that there was nothing left... Once he saw the Kala was completely all, they completely threw off the yoke of Torah, the Luchos, Hashem's commandment, the Dvar Hashem. It was only then that Moshe Ben was fully convinced that this was not a nation that was fit for the Kabbalah of Torah. This was not a nation that was fit to receive the Luchos, to be the Amon The Musa that we learn out of here is twofold. First of all, it applies to others. A lot of times, we'll see someone that's completely far from the path, from the path of Torah and mitzvahs, yet he has this one thing he does, he has this one tefillah he says, he'll come to the Shabbos and sing one's zemer, or i will have external things, he'll wear a gartol, he'll wear a shdraim, he'll have long payas, and we become skeptical, we start asking, like, you're barely from, you're barely religious, and this is what you're doing? Like, you sing your zemiris, you have your long beard, you have your payas still? The answer is that, yeah, they have that one thing. This is what they have to stay connected. This is what they have to feel responsible. This is their pipeline. And the mashkiach, Rav Salman, he says, when we see these people doing such things, they have their one thing. They have their one external thing, internal thing, whatever it may be. Don't poke a hole in it. Don't chep Tchep Because through that, that's what's going to help them come back. As long as the connection is there, internally or externally, there's a chance. The other lesson, which is more relevant, more fundamental, is for ourselves. That as many times we can feel miyuyish, we can feel despair, lost, confused in the dark. As long as we're connected, as long as we have something good, as long as we're involved, we should never give up on ourselves. Ein shum yush ba'ilam. We should never come to feeling that's it. What am I? Who am I? We always have to remember that we're an each individual, each yid. Our neshamas, our telling alekim, amich and and We're all so good. We're all so great. And if we're feeling schwach, if we're feeling down, if we're feeling weak, take what you do have. Take what you're good at and just cultivate that. Nurture it and become better from it. And that's going to spread. That's going to roll into more mitzvahs, more ma'isim But never feel It's worthless. I'm gone. I'm lost. What does Hashem need it for? No, of course Hashem needs it. Hashem gets so much anachas ruach. He gets so much enjoyment and pleasure from every effort, from every mitzvah. As the Mishnah of Us tells us, don't judge a small one like a big one. Referring to mitzvahs, don't judge a big one like a small one. Because we don't know what's big and what's small in Hashem's eyes. And whatever we can do, we should do. One time, Rabbi Saul Salanter Walked into the house of a shoemaker very, very late at night. And he saw the shoemaker working on a pair of shoes. And he asked the shoemaker, What are you doing? It's so late, go to sleep. And the shoemaker told him, He said, You see in the corner, there's a candle. And Risaul said, Yeah, I see the candle. And the shoemaker said, You see it's still burning? And Rizal said, Yeah. And the shoemaker said, As long as the candle's burning, there's more work to do. As long as our candle is burning, there's more to do, there's more to accomplish, there's levels of closeness to attain and achieve. This mindset that Hashem always wants us, He wants our avoidah, He wants our mitzvahs, He wants us to help others bring out the best of them, the beacht us, with strengthening. Ish echad, believe echad, nasa venishma, that we said by Har Sinai, with the hajah kabluah Mahava that we had at the time of Purim, should serve as a tremendous merit as chus for all of us to always feel connected and always keep on getting closer and stronger and always realize that the fire inside of us is always burning and it's always awaiting us to tap into it and get closer to the Rabbi Shalom. I thank you so much for listening and I wish each and every one of you a wonderful Shabbos.